This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He's Aaron McIntyre. We've got a jam-packed show coming up for you today on a Tuesday. Uh, t- it's, I guess it's take your daughter to work day. Uh, today on the program. Uh, David Limbaugh, uh, old friend of mine in the show, will join us about his new book, which he co-wrote with his daughter. Uh, That's coming up here at the bottom of the hour. My daughter, Anastasia, is going to join us next hour uh, for part of Fake News or Not. And then I've got some clips lined up for Todd and Aaron as well to determine whether or not those are fake news. Pop Culture Tuesday, we're going to have a broad conversation about why it appears now Everything had just has decided to suck. I mean, even fan-friendly, I worship at the ground of the MCU blogs. Saw the, the, the announcements from over the weekend with the new Avengers team, and, every, and they're like, what is this? What are we doing here? Why does it suddenly seem as like almost all of pop culture blows? And I'm going to explain that this is intentional. And we'll get into that with Pop Culture Tuesday coming up a little bit later on in the program. want to remind you, we decided to extend the special offer that we had last week with our biggest discount ever to become a subscriber to Blaze TV so that you don't miss anything we do exclusively like our overtimes, which we will do today after the show, uh, any of Glenn Beck's outstanding Wednesday night specials or any of the other outstanding specials like me and Sarah Gonzalez and Daniel Horowitz did on The Jab back in July. Don't miss any of that right now. Use the promo code dace Twenty. D-E-A-C-E, Days 20, get $20 off, or 20% off, because it's 100 bucks a year. $20 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV right now. It's our biggest discount ever. Discount code is DACE20 when you go to blazetv.com slash DACE. blazetv.com slash DACE. The code is DACE20 to get our biggest discount ever. You never know. With the way censorship is going, I now see we've even got... Critical thinking, are they lefties? I don't know. I mean, I I don't think Russell Brand is necessarily, you know, team right winger yet. Is that fair? No. He's somewhere in truth pursuit. But if you had Russell Brand and Dan Bongino doing business together, then you also had Donald Trump on your bingo card as the guy that would appoint the justice that overturned Roe. And, And frankly, you need to be making more of my point spread picks. Because you are just far better at foretelling the future than I am. But but we are in this era right now where Russell Brand and Dan Bongino, because that's his uh, thing over there at Rumble, Dan's, they're, get, they're getting into business together. He's moving his show uh, to Rumble TV to avoid the censorship. So you just never know 
when the time comes and we won't be in your RSS feed. All right, so go to blazetv.com slash days. Get our biggest discount ever right now on Blaze TV so that you are prepared if and when that day were to arrive. And with all that being said, let's get it started with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by inflation. The August inflation report dropped this morning and it shows consumer prices increased year over year by 8.3%. Again, that's the figure they're willing to report, so the actual number is a lot higher. It was widely expected to see a slight dip in month over month inflation. Obviously, that didn't happen either. It's the 27th straight month of rising prices due to inflation. Just the other day, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, one of the architects of this disaster, had this to say. We're not in a recession. The labor market is exceptionally strong. The unemployment rate extremely low. There are almost two job vacancies for every worker who's looking for a job. Fox News' Tucker Carlson says his show has obtained subpoenas from the DOJ that were sent to several top Trump allies demanding personal communications related to their position on whether a new slate of electors could be chosen in the aftermath of the 2020 election. The subpoenas apparently do not specify why the DOJ is attempting to nullify the First Amendment. Speaking of Trump, he recently promised to pardon all those being prosecuted for the events at the Capitol on January 6th should he be elected president once more. Republican Senators Lindsey Graham, Kevin Kramer, and Mike Rounds are among those who have gleefully said that that's a bad idea. In Pennsylvania, Republican Senate nominee Mehmet Oz tweets, I'm proud to join this effort with fellow Republicans. I believe that same-sex couples should have the same freedom to get married as straight couples. Oz is talking about the so-called Respect for Marriage Act, which is set to pass in the Senate soon. Checking in on Florida Democrat Charlie Crist. Anyone to know what the colors are? Look at that sign right there. You see the colors, the blue and the yellow? Does that remind you of any country that's in the news right now? Yeah, we're fighting for freedom too. We're fighting for freedom too. And, and Zelensky, President Zelensky, is amazing. Amazing, Renee, you mentioned it. And, and the courage and the strength and the decency that he shows. This is an election about decency, about being decent to one another, about being kind to everyone. It, it's called a Florida for all. You know, we got a divider on the other side and a uniter over here. You know, some people call him to Satan. <laughs> Have you heard that? It's one of the nicer ones. Uh, indeed it is. I'm trying to be nice. The Satan versus that. Oh, think about it. Boom. Yes, Christ compares himself to both Vladimir Zelensky and Jesus Christ in the span of about a minute. And now this. A new study from Harvard and Johns Hopkins found that for every single COVID hospitalization prevented by the jabs, between 18 and 98 serious adverse events were caused. And then there's this headline from the Epic Times. Embalmers have been finding numerous long fibrous clots that lack post-mortem characteristics. The story goes on to detail numerous first-hand reports from embalmers around the United States who are reporting finding long, quote-unquote, fibrous and rubbery blood clots on the corpses they treat. The story also quotes Mike Adams, who runs an accredited lab in Texas, who said all the blood clots he's studied 
A lack in basic ingredients needed for healthy blood like iron, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. Rochelle Walensky, your thoughts. Dr. Paul Lothed, an infectious disease and vaccine expert at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, he's also a member of the FDA Advisory Committee, has been critical of this updated booster. He says that a healthy young person really is unlikely to even benefit from a booster dose. It should be targeted more specifically to those who really are most likely to benefit. And I wonder if you agree with that assessment and whether just even saying that adds to what's been, as you know, an ongoing criticism of CDC messaging that COVID vaccines, COVID itself, the messaging has been confusing. So first, deep respect to Dr. Offit. Um, here's what I will say about our updated um, vaccine. We are simplifying our message. The message is um, you need to get your fall booster vaccine. And now here's the noted libertarian New Zealand Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern. People will use masks for their own individual reasons. They may personally be vulnerable. They may have events they want to make sure they're not unwell for. They may not have had COVID-19. We all just need to respect everyone's individual decisions. The University of Indiana has announced it's erecting a bronze sculpture of the notorious sexual deviant pedophile Alfred Kinsey to mark the 75th anniversary of the Kinsey Institute. As you may know, Kinsey's work in the so-called scientific study of sexual behavior is one of the main foundations for gender theory madness that we see today. Speaking of groomers, here's a second grade teacher. Man, there were so many teachers in that guy's comment section that said that their district won't allow them to ask students for their pronouns. So, here is a little workaround. This is an icebreaker I called Call Me, because I'm bad at naming things, that I used with my second graders this year. So we sat in our community circle and went around the circle and introduced ourselves. And our introductions sounded like this. My name is Miss Parker, and when you talk about me, you can call me she. They went around, they did the same thing, they were very giggly, um, but afterwards we talked about why that's important. The United States government is negotiating a plea deal with one of the masterminds of 9-11, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, could escape the death penalty if the deal is reached. And finally this from the Babylon Bee, new study shows an alarming link between being a conspiracy theorist and not having myocarditis. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by My Glasses, uh, who came from our friends over at Better Spectacles. And maybe you're like me and you have uh, a need for progressive lenses, meaning you're a little by, you're a little far. Um, let me try that one again. You're a little far. You're a little near. That was gold. That was gold, Jerry. That's going to be a meme. <laughs> you're a little far, you're a little near, you need bifocals. I got my own lines mixed up. <laughs> oh, and we're off. Anyway, uh, you want to make sure that you don't have to get the dorky frames anymore. You just are yourself a dork, as I just ex as I just showed you. I gave you an example thereof. Uh, they offer Rodenstock's uh, award-winning 144-year-old German-engineered eyewear for your problematic prescriptions for the first time for mass distribution here in the U.S. When you go to our friends over at Better Spectacles, that's what I did. That's what I'm wearing right now. You can find some just like it or maybe even cooler frames. Uh, they'll get you started with uh, one of their uh, outstanding uh Opticians, some of the best trained ones in the country with a teleoptical report uh, or appointment, I should say. I'm just all over the place here today. I, I, am, I flabbergasted myself is what I just did. I put myself on tilt. You ever done that? You ever put yourself on edge? No. Well, I, I just I just did that. Um, anyway, uh, if, if you want to take advantage of their special introductory offer, 
and mercifully see this worst live read of all time come to an end. Go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve and get their uh, special introductory offer, 61% off their ghost spec lenses, plus free handcrafted rodent stock frames when you go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Coming up in the overtime today, um, what's going on with the likes of Jacinda Arden? I mean, she was the Baroness of COVID stand for nearly two years. Why the sudden change? We'll get into that coming up in today's overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. We'll record that right after the show today and then place it up there for you at blazetv.com slash dace. Let's get to a couple of other things I want to mention here. I want to start with a challenge. And I issued this on social media yesterday. And I want to issue it here more broadly on the program today. Um, the great and powerful Mehmet Oz, in apparently the absolutely insane Republic Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I, I just don't, I mean, what goes on in your state? Seriously. Jerry Sandusky, Richard Levine, and. Gosnell, I forgot he came from that state. 12 million people live in Pennsylvania, and apparently the only two options for U.S. Senate for a U.S. Senate seat were um, Fetterman, who's basically a human bears report. I mean, the guy cannot put together a singular cognitive thought audibly after he had a reaction to the shot. Ah, stroke. I'm sorry, sudden stroke. My bad. Um, so you have a human bears report on one end who doesn't even know who he's running against. It's like if it's like if Joe Biden just wasn't senile but 30 years younger and just took the jab. That's what John Fetterman is. Doesn't even know who he's running against. Doesn't know what day it is. Right? I mean, just emerges from mom's basement. To, uh, uh, yeah, what time did the dote are? I mean, that's what he does every day. It's just, you know, like, what is this? What, what are we being punked? What is this? And then you have the great and powerful Oz who says he is proud to support legislation that declares war on the Christian church in America. That takes all the same elements from the federal government that calls you a domestic terrorist for daring to show up at your kid's school board meeting. Treat you as a domestic terrorist for daring to show up at a protest at the at, 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 uh, in Washington D.C., or having wrong think about what the elector an electoral process is. That exact same government will now be weaponized to target you for failing to affirm the rainbow jihad, you and your church. That's what's going to happen here. That's its intent, and that's what this has always been about. It's always been nihilistic. It's never been about love or any of the other canards and lies you heard. It was always nihilistic because the entire thing's demonic. From the choosing of the rainbow and taking away the seventh color to making it just six. I mean, they're literally just in hell laughing at us. Okay? That's how obvious this whole thing is. And we're so dead in our sins as a people, so broken in our brains, so fallen that we made it the most powerful social movement in the country for the last 20 years. 
a low-lying fruit, low-end demonic troll. Well, the great and powerful Oz says that he's on board, and he'd be proud to support open warfare on the Christian church. But at the same time, he likes to complain that John Fetterman doesn't want to debate him. I will. I'll give you somebody to debate, Mehmet. Can I call you that? Is that what your friends call you? By your Turkish name, Mehmet? How about a little Turkish delight, brother? You and me, mano y mano. You name the day, we'll do it right here live on The Blaze. Mano y mano on your choice of a unconstitutional, immoral, and godless piece of legislation. I mean, I can't even... You just heard, Mem. Or maybe we should call you Meh. You just heard, Meh. I can't even do my own live reads right. Why? I'm not even a doctor. I barely made it out of community college. I should be easy pickings. Now... Maybe I'm a little too much for you because I don't live in my mom's basement. I actually own my own home. And your opponent is someone who actually wears hoodies more than me. Okay, so maybe I'm a little too much for you to take on. But open invite for Mehmet Oz. You are welcome to come on our show. We'll give you the debate you want. Or at least you claim that you do. I mean, you're proud. Show us your pride. I'll give you a platform to do that. All the polling says that the reason you're not winning is there is a percentage of your own base you're not getting. I'll give you an excellent conduit to reach that segment of your base. Come on. Put me, you know, I'm just a public American public school graduate. What do I know? Still believes in dusty old books and social compacts that were written, you know, on by quills on parchment. I don't. What, I mean, what do I know? I mean, you even knew what bottom surgery was before I did, brother. You were promoting it on your show. I mean, like you're a trailblazer. You were promoting this stuff a decade ago. I didn't even know what it was. So Dr. Oz, please, and if you guys live in Pennsylvania, you want to relay this message to him, I mean, or anywhere else for that matter, I, I will give you ample opportunity to come on this program. We'll clear the deck for you. You're welcome to come on, talk about how you're proud to share this legislation, why you're anxious for the feds to go ahead and declare war on the Christian church in America, and yet those exact same Christians should turn right around and vote for you for the U.S. Senate for the next six years. I mean, I'm a path of least resistance. I'm harmless. I rely on antiquated notions and dusty tomes to make my arguments. You've got all the fancy degrees and the big hit show. Should be easy, right? 
So you want to debate Oz? I'll give it to you. I'm your Huckleberry. Todd's the booker. He knows the schedule, right? You'll take the call. I will. You'll take the email. What's the best way for them to reach out to you to schedule this? All right, West at Hotmail.com. All right, we'll let you even bypass his like official show email. You can just send it to him directly. Yeah. It's personal. West at Hotmail.com. We will make it happen for you. We will give you the debate you so earnestly claim you desire. The ball is in your court, sir. Surely. Surely you're not afraid of me. Or what people like me think and believe. And you want evidence, folks, of a demonic-influenced culture. Let me give you a couple of other pieces because it relates to one to this Oz thing. One of the things that they love down below, nihilism, hopelessness. The, the idea of nowhere to turn. This is why when someone's heart is darkened, when they've been given over to their own depraved minds as an abuser, they will say things like to you, like this to you, where would you go? No one else would have you. No one wants you. That's, that's speaking in forked tongue. The lady or the tiger might be an antiquated pop culture reference for you. So how about Kobayashi Maru, the no-win scenario? Here's your no-win scenario. Mehmet Oz might be the 51st Republican in the U.S. Senate to, you know, save America. But to vote for him, you have to arguably betray your own creator and assent to open warfare being declared upon his church through the U.S. federal government. That's just not mere politics as strange bedfellow stuff. That's no-win scenario. Because I'd like to sit here and tell you that it's as simple as, that's a no from me, dog. And I'll just tell you, if I lived in Pennsylvania, there's no way I'd vote for him. But we are also under a systemic level of attack on every front. I mean, the last time that the groceries cost you this much of your household worth, Rocky II was in theaters, all right? Three and a half bucks a gallon of gas is now considered cheap according to this White House. Like there is not a front that we are not overrun on right now on an existential level. Now, I happen to think that Mem and Oz won't defend on any of those fronts, but I could be wrong. I didn't think Brett Kavanaugh would vote to overturn Roe either. I'm wrong. I'm wrong every now and then. So, I mean, I can't sit here and say 
definitively, there's no moral calculation here to justify voting for Mehmet Oz. If there was, at least if I thought there was, I would. But I can't. I mean, I, I can even justify it under the grounds of, I'm just going to throw as many traffic cones up from the oncoming train as much as I possibly can to salvage some time. Now, for me personally, I've made all those arguments to myself and they just don't convince me anymore. So I'm a no. But I understand if someone is still a yes. But understand what you are assenting to. Mehmet Oz is telling you that you will have to directly to vote for him. You will have to directly disobey your creator on a fundamental issue. Which he will then support, though, in a way, because Trump said he was for gay marriage, too. But he is doing so in a way that openly now allows the federal government to weaponize itself against the church in America. We can certainly debate someone's personal view. And holistically, do do the overall good things that they provide justify this vis-a-vis blank? But in this case, Mehmet Oz is openly advocating his immoral position to manifest itself in legislation that will declare war, that will put the Church of Jesus Christ in direct enmity, in a path of direct enmity with the government of these United States. Now, I don't know what Bible y'all read, but I'm pretty confident in the one I've read several times over. And I'm pretty confident that if the choice, first of all, we don't give God choices, number one. Number two, I'm pretty sure God prefers the church over the United States. Pretty sure the gospel over the Constitution. Psalms more than declarations of independence. Thoughts? Probably. Is it a good idea to be on the side that puts enmity between the government and the chief institution of the only undefeated being in the history of the cosmos? Do you think that that's historically? Let's see. Where's Rome today? Where's Rome at? Gone. Gone. Yeah, gone. Uh, Vikings, where are they? Gone. Gone. Aztecs? Gone. Mayans? Gone. Incas? Gone. Gone. Huh. Nazis? Gone. Well. Well, (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. So I'm not going to say communist. Soviets? (laughs) Gone. Gone. Yeah. Who was the guy that said he was the, who was the French thinker that said he was going to live to see the Bible completely dismissed from culture. And then the French Geneva Bible society, when he died, bought his home. Was it Voltaire? Yeah. They've been printing Bibles out of his home ever since. Where's he at? Gone. Gone. Everyone and anyone who has ever stood against the church. Where are they all? Gone. Where is the church? Here. Here. So who won every one of those battles? Church. The church, which means who lost every one of them? Everyone who made the church its enemy. Anyone who made the church its enemy. What is the U.S. federal government about to do? Make the church its enemy. Make the church its open enemy. 
declare open warfare on the Christian church in America. That's what it's about to do. And if it was a Democrat saying all these exact same things, we'd say that, wouldn't we? Yeah. And no one would offer any hesitation or push back yeah. against me at all, would we? Mitch McConnell would come out with his gun and his Bible. Yes, indeed. Furthermore, it is not a trite thing that Harvard and Johns Hopkins are now telling us that the risk-benefit analysis of the jab is negative efficacy. You know, all the stuff that we were telling you last year that they would censor us for. And when confronted with this on one of their own regime media outlets, all Rochelle Walensky can do is just repeat, uh, you know, get your booster. That, that, I mean, that is Jehovah's Witness level of stuff right there. Hey man, there's 4 million of you. Only 144,000 are getting saved. Why the hell are you bothering me on a Saturday? I think you guys got to settle this to future self. Have you, have you heard of the Watchtower Society? Just go right back to your, it's a cult. Right back to your spiel. Like, won't even engage. Just right back to the spiel. That's what that, you watched cult behavior live in that clip in real time on this show. That's cult behavior. Right back to the spiel. And like, there was like no taken aback. There was like no, this wasn't political spin. Like, I don't know, I'm cornered, I don't know what to do. It was just like automatic, man. Like a button got switched in the brain. And that's why you should get your booster. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Do you know who, who Paul Offit is? The doctor that they were yeah, referring he, to? Yeah, he's at, from the University of uh, Pittsburgh. He is a vaccine pimp. Oh, yeah. He hates okay? people like me. Yes, he hates you. He would have been fine rounding you up yeah, last he just year. Pulled, he's yes. pulling the Jonah Hill gif on yes. these people. Yeah. This is the, the bulk of this conversation. I see so many of these clips from John Fetterman when he's not... Biggest deal. Biggest deal. Election. That's not even. Oh, that's not even an elaboration. When dude. he's when he's not doing that, he's saying just ridiculous, ridiculous things. I mean, just bowels of the imagination of of left wingers. But Mehmet Oz is the reason I have I have ignored this race in the montage, other than today, just because I have no desire to help Mehmet Oz, Oz on any level. You want to help a guy that wants to declare war on you? Not really. Why do you hate really. why do you hate America, Aaron? Sorry. Why do you hate America? Across the country, Americans are discovering that if we want to change the nation, we have to change the way the marketplace works. Because we are seeing more and more weaponization of the spirit of the age within corporate America. You've got woke corporations that are out there seeking to divide us. Uh, you've got credit card companies now marking and flagging you uh, if you make a firearms purchase, the freezing of accounts that disagree with their political views. I mentioned why we left T-Mobile last year is they started to censor texts on COVID if uh, they didn't like what you were saying and on and on it goes. That's why it is time to change the marketplace to develop an alternative economy. And that's what our friends at Public SQ want to do with 
with their new app, short for Public Square. It's the largest directory of freedom-loving businesses the nation has ever seen. It's the first app to connect freedom-loving Americans with their local communities and businesses that share their values. So if you want to get the app, it is available right now. Get the Public SQ app today, uh, either in Google Play for your Android or the Apple App Store for your iPhone. It's called Public SQ. Public SQ. Get it today and... Um, you can also list your business there for free so your local community can find you today. Public SQ, that's the name of the app. Get it today in either the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. The name of the book, The Resurrected Jesus, The Church in the New Testament. It is the latest entry in what's become a best-selling series for a buddy of mine and a good friend of the show. And he co-wrote this one with his daughter as well, uh, Kristen. So we welcome David Limbaugh and his daughter, Kristen, to the show. It is good to have both of you here with us. How are you? Great. Thanks for having us. So, David, let me start with you and go back to the beginning about why you chose. You'd written several best-selling books on political ideology, philosophy, and you made an, uh, you made a bit of a detour a few years ago and started getting explicitly into uh, biblical and theological territory. Why? Yeah, yeah, and I but I went back and did another political book, so I haven't totally abandoned that. <laughs> but but uh, it's because I got I kind of came to realize that uh, whatever I've learned through the years theologically and studying the Bible, I'd like to share with other people who. Uh, were beginning believers or who wanted to get deeper into the faith. And I felt like I had a little bit of a facility for doing that as I taught Sunday school. And as I became as I became a writer, I thought, I'm going to combine these two things and see what I can do. And so far, it's been pretty successful. And now with Kristen in it, it's phenomenal. So, so Kristen, had the old man rope you into this project? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I came kicking and screaming. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Dad asked me about a year and a half ago if I'd be interested in co-writing his next book with him. And I was just thrilled um, when he asked because he's been so successful as a writer and to put his faith in me um, in such a tangible way was um, so encouraging to me. And so we've been working on it um, since last fall. He helped me. Um, he teach, He taught me his uh, research process um, and really the editing process and uh, the deadlines that he sets for himself are what um, helped me so much as a writer. And it was really a labor of love the whole time. Now, you obviously are of a younger generation, Kristen, and a lot of these, um, a lot of these things were uh, that you guys are going to talk about in a book like this would have been fairly common conversation in a lot of previous generations, except for maybe the last couple in American mm -hmm. history. Now, these conversations aren't even common in a lot of American churches, right? Mm -hmm. So then walk through the process of how do I communicate things that maybe a, the culture I'm, I'm sharing these with don't necessarily start with this baseline any longer, but I also don't want to so water this down that the truth loses its meaning at the exact same time. Right. I think that's a great point. Um, I think people in younger generations, especially millennials and Gen Z, are actually looking for people who are willing to speak with authority on matters of truth in the Bible. And um, I go to a church that does not water things down whatsoever, and that's been a huge inspiration to my husband and I. So I think um, in the writing process, um, one of the things I contributed um, a lot to was the prayers. And so I would 
read a piece of scripture and um, ask the Holy Spirit how he wanted to um, highlight different topics within um, those passages. And obviously scripture so um, so layered that there's so many different ways you can go even with one verse. Um, but I think really I cannot take credit for what the Holy Spirit highlighted to me. And I think that um, is really the key when we're dealing with younger generations because we don't know what we don't know, right? So um, staying so connected to the Holy Spirit and asking Him for direction in our conversations and asking Him um, on a person-to-person basis what is going to speak to a particular person um, is the way that I have have um, approached this. David, going back to you, I've always felt the New Testament era church would make a heck of a movie. Um, and oh. the, the, the sense of peril of risk, of adventure. It, it's just really in total the, the opposition. And, and we have this notion that these guys and gals were like better people and holier people than us, pure. And I don't think that's the case at all. I just think that they weren't tempted by the levels of comfort and compromise that we are. They did live in constant risk, whether it was uh, the pagans they were trying to spread this to, whether it was um, this was a, you know, really a civil war within Judaism at the, in the first century. It was, is Christ Messiah or not? So you had, you had intra-family, intra-religion conflict. You had conflict with the Roman government. They just weren't tempted with the comfort and compromise that we were. I don't think they were better people. I just think they didn't have the temptations to frankly sell out that we do. <laughs> True. And before I delve into that real quick, I wanted to augment something Kristen said on your last question. I think the way we thread the needle uh, in this day where people don't want to hear truth is by speaking truth. And that's what Paul tells us to do. That's what Jesus told us to do. I came to speak the truth. I am the truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I didn't come to unite. I came to divide mother, brother, mother and father, brother and sister. So people have this false notion that Jesus was just salt and light and just said what people want to hear. Now, we've we've got Jesus and Paul both spoke directly to people. And Steve, I would say, not to flatter you or patronize you, I'd say you do a great job of speaking truth, speaking unpopular things, doing it boldly, but doing it winsomely. And we've got to be winsome. We've got to try to be Christ-like, but we cannot compromise the truth. And, and I don't think you do. And that's what makes uh, your uh, performances uh, and teaching so attractive to me. Now, thank you, brother. Terms, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Yeah. And on, on, on your direct question to me, yeah, we look back and we think about the Bible. People back then, they must be pure. But actually, the truth is the Bible, one, one fascinating thing about the Bible, an intriguing and, and attractive thing, is they do reveal themselves, the New Testament writers, warts and all. So it's not some book of abstract theological concepts. It's real people in real life uh, in, enduring real struggles. And, and Paul, the, the foremost Christian evangelist in history, experienced these troubles themselves. He got mad at people, Barnabas, who he didn't think was uh, adhering to what he wanted him to do. He had, these, he had these issues, he had personal issues, and he admitted his flaws. To me, that draws us closer because mm-hmm. it's real, it's not some fake thing. But ancient Corinth, I want to look at it a different way, and I'll hurry, instead of filibustering. I think, I used to read the Bible, ancient Corinth, that's so terrible, think how licentious it was. We could never be that bad. We could never reach the level of a thousand gods in a Roman panoply of gods. I think, Steve, we've exceeded them. I think Sodom and Gomorrah have nothing on us. We're we're denying God's created order by confusing the genders. We're celebrating the 
murder of babies. We're celebrating the mutilation of young children. It's so appalling. I, 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 I dare say that uh, we're in serious spiritual trouble here. We are in serious spiritual trouble, my friend. And, and Kristen, it's going to be, if, if we last long enough to get to your generation's turn to lead here, uh, <laughs> you guys are going to have to pick up this mess. I mean, what would, yeah. what would you say to parents and grandparents right now that are wondering, can I get through to my children and grandchildren in your generation with, with, with no institutional assistance? And in fact, mm. institutional opposition every time I send them to a school, okay? Right. Every time they turn on, now Disney. I can't even, I can't clean the house for yeah. an hour and a half and put the kids in, in front of Disney anymore. I can't even do that, all right? right. Every, institutionally, right. everywhere they go, they're not only not getting assistance now, but opposition. What would you say to encourage parents and grandchildren about how to frankly reach you and your peers? I love that question. Well, First of all, um, I didn't say this, I heard this somewhere recently, but um, I believe that every generation is equipped for the time that they were placed in by God. And so beginning with that, that God does not, um, he equips us and if we lean on him for strength, there is nothing that, that we can accomplish for his purposes. The second thing is that um, we have to realize that we are not enough, that we can lean into God's power and that um, we won't necessarily have all the comforts that we grew up with, that our parents and grandparents grew up with. And we've got to have a uh, let the fans of flame of faith be ignited. Just like Paul spoke to Timothy, we go through that letter in this book. Um, he equipped Timothy and encouraged him by speaking authoritatively over him, saying, you can do this. You, there is nothing outside the realm of possibility with Jesus. And so really building one another up, not neglecting to meet together, to pray together, and um, to see ourselves as citizens of heaven who are have a higher calling for our children and theirs. And um, God is a generational God, so we have to see this in the long run. Is that something, you know, your dad and I were just having a conversation. It's not as if the first century church were just better caliber, caliber of people. But mm. were they, is, was it simpler for them? Not easier. Obviously, they, they faced death constantly. But was it simpler for them to walk the narrow road that you're talking about and describing because they weren't tempted to think, and your dad and I obviously think politics are very important, but they didn't even have the option of believing they could right. vote their way out of this stuff, right? They didn't have right. these temptations that we do now. So is it simpler for them to, to navigate that narrow road that you're describing? I think to a certain extent, it probably was somewhat simpler because to, to for example, when Roe versus Wade fell, um, I, I was celebrating that very openly on social media, and I got a lot of pushback from um, peers of mine who commented and said, well, I'm so excited for um, the government to finally step in and and um, make it easier for for women to handle this. And and I'm just thinking, when when did it become a, a necessity for the government to take care of us and our kids? You know, we've been there. The deception is so deep and so there's so many layers to this. So I think that in some ways it is harder for our generation, but in others, we have so much more access to the Bible to, I mean, maybe not more access to the Holy Spirit, but we've been taught more. We, we have more um, knowledge just through what's been passed down through the generation. So um, like I said, um, every generation has its, its different challenges. Um, but I think that we have 
the equipping from the Holy Spirit for such a time as this. So we can't use it as an excuse not to do what God has called us to do. David, as you were doing this book, what parallel most spoke to you about where we are right now in the West and what can be done about it? Um, I, I think that the parallels are, are incredible. For example, the heresies that were introduced in the early church, the Judaizers would come in and demand that you add uh, circumcision and uh, Jewish ritual rights uh, obligations to the to the faith alone doctrine that some some early heretics said Jesus wasn't fully human or he wasn't fully divine. We see that same thing going on today. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I think is particularly uh, similar today is the the level of evil that we're we're experiencing uh, in the world. And I as I was saying today, we we are celebrating evil. We are. We are witnessing people say that good is bad, that bad is good. They're twisting the very nature of words. I, I and you know, this postmodernism, changing language, it's all to introduce moral and intellectual chaos into our society, and so they can displace the the Judeo-Christian values that undergird our constitutional system. And it's it's happening on a daily basis. The, the, the political left, which is also the theological left, most like in most cases, they they uh, reject the idea that there is anything sacred about any of this, and they to substitute God and and fill their God-shaped void in their own hearts, they substitute such idols as environmentalism and that type mm-hmm. of thing, and and we're. But we're we're uh, when we try to when they try to say well you're we're inclusive, and w- what they really mean is we include everybody except you you conservatives so they're really exclusive they distort the language but the real thing is the level of evil and I think what happens is the spiritual warfare that's going on it is so insane what's going on today that I can attribute it to nothing other than demonic forces mm-hmm. uh, behind the the physical behind the material because you can't reason with these people. Don't don't tell me to reach across the aisle. I'm not going to compromise with evil. Ever, they never try to compromise with us, but it's not a matter of ego and and getting along. It's a matter of standing up for truth. And and Paul, back to the parallel, what Paul was doing in these early letters after he planted these churches, false teachers were being introduced and and corrupting the doctrine. He wrote letters, and as Kristen was just saying, they didn't have Bibles then. These letters would become part of Scripture, part of the New Testament. And he was telling them what they needed to do to correct the false teachers and how they should. And he was giving them instructions for living. We have the advantage that we've had centuries, uh, uh, millennia of the Bible and commentary and teachers explain to us what uh, the Bible really means. And we hope we're adding to that in these books. Mm -hmm. But they didn't have that. And so Mm -hmm. Paul, he's sitting miles away and he doesn't have any. And he's in prison in some of these writing some of these letters, he has no real way to get to them other than a letter long distance. So they they faced a lot of difficulties that, that we don't in that sense. I have less than a minute here. Last but not least, brother, this is the first time we've had you on since your brother passed away. And I would be remiss if I did not recognize um, his enormous contributions. I mean, people like me, frankly, wouldn't have jobs if it were not for the trail uh, that Rush blazed. David, I, I get an email at least once a day still from people about didn't even know my show existed because he cast such a large shadow 
over this period of time of the day, over the entire country, how much they miss him, how much they were influenced by him. I know you've heard this a million times, but I just wanted to be a million and one to pass that along. I've only got about 30 seconds, but I just wanted to make sure that we recognize this while we wish you success with the book as well. So grateful for you having us on. So grateful for your remarks about Rush. He meant everything to me. He opened all these doors for me. Yeah, he opened them for for you indirectly and other people. Uh, he was so generous to Kristen. Kristen can say it, but yeah, it's been a big, big hole in my heart for a year and a half. And But it's so heartwarming to see all these people uh, come to me on Twitter and and, and email and the rest saying how much they love Rush. They considered him family. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really cool. That's why we dedicated the book to him and his audience and his fans. God bless you guys. Good luck with the book. Thank I'm sure so it'll much, be successful. Steve. Thank you for joining us. All right, Thank take you. care. You we bet. Appreciate. We'll come back hour two is next. Stay tuned. We're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd and Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox, which you can access by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. Follow us at Steve Day Show on Getter and Twitter. And then you can find me as well on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace there on Truth Social. Get clips of the show without any censorship and without cost when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Remember the last name is D-E-A-C-E. And for those of you that are part of the podcast audience, thank you. If you have already left us a five-star review or hit subscribe and follow, you have done your part for us to bribe the algorithmic gods for favorable rankings and treatments. For the rest of you, what are you waiting for? We greatly need all the help we can get. This part of the show brought to you by our friends over at Real Estate Agents. I trust you know buying or selling a home is already one of the more stressful things you can do, even when the economy is not. Let's go, Brandon. But now more than ever, it is really important to make sure that you have the right agent That's why I recommend Real Estate Agents I Trust. We work with only the best agents in every market. Uh, We do our homework. We talk to every agent before inviting them to join. That's why there's a waiting list of thousands of agents waiting to join right now to get referred because we vet every single one of them. We'll help you make the introduction with a preferred agent that will then follow you through the buying and selling process or both um, to make sure that you are satisfied to the end. They'll come in, take charge of your situation while remembering that you're really the one in charge. So get it started today. The process is simple. Head over to realestateagentsitrust.com, provide some basic info, and our team there will contact you to make an introduction to a preferred agent in your town at realestateagentsitrust.com. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, why does everything we seem to like in pop culture suddenly suck? I will explain, and it's on purpose. We'll get into that with Pop Culture Tuesday at the bottom of the hour. But gentlemen, it is time to play a little fake news or not. Let's do it. And we are going to do do it a little differently going forward, at least provided she's not fake news or not. All right. We are going to do a two-part fake news or not each week, and part one will be determined by my lovely and precious princess, my oldest daughter, Anastasia. Good to see you. Anna, how are you? Good. I'm good, Dad. How are you? I'm good, and I'm, I'm trying to put the pressure on you. Are you feeling it? Yeah, yeah. My uh, Stephen, my fiance, texted me and said that David Limbaugh was on the show beforehand. Yeah, with his daughter, and, and like, she was great. <laughs> and my fiance, yes. Stephen, was like, good luck. I don't know how you're going to follow up that. Yeah, well, so that was awesome. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. He was like, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, his daughter was great. Wasn't she <laughs> so, really impressive? <laughs> so, 
that's great. Don't, didn't I'm you think she was? I'm staying out of the She was. She was very impressive. So the bar is pretty high <laughs> right now. All right. All right. So um, each week you are going to present us with a little game for fake news or not to get us to lead us off. All right. What's the game we're playing this week? So this week it is real or not real children's book edition. All right. Oh, this is are the terrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, it is. All right. So real or not real children's book edition to kick off fake news or not. All right. Okay. All right. So we're going to do three of these each week. Yes. And yes. you have chosen. Well, there's three titles here. We don't know. Are they really children's books or not? No, because I I've come up with some and then some are real. So. All right. First one. Go ahead. So the first one, the title is Tuesday is Daddy's Day. The description is, the little girl in the story loves her busy routine. Some days, mommy picks her up at school and they walk to her house. Other days, she and daddy take the bus to the apartment he shares with his boyfriend. She has two rooms, two homes, and one big loving family, even if both her parents make her eat broccoli. Yuck. Real. You think that's real, real. Todd? Aaron, you think it's real? Totally real. Anna? It is real. This is a real children's book. That is real. Yes. Yes. That is real. So Tuesday is daddy's day as in daddy's plural, not daddy's apostrophe day. Yeah. Like daddy's because I have multiple daddies. Yeah. Because they walk in. That's when I knew it was real. (laughs) That's when you knew it was real? Yes. Yeah. What was David Limbaugh just saying? We're worse than Corinth? Yes. (laughs) Yes. All right. Go ahead. Next one. Number two. Book number two is Celeste has two non-binary parents. After the famed book, Heather has two mommies, comes Celeste has two non-binary parents. Celeste lives with her two Maddies. Maddies is for mother and daddy. Her Maddies love her very much and take great care of her. Celeste tells us the story of how her Maddies are her favorite people. Aaron, you're first this time. This sounds like a modern day Iliad or Odyssey. (laughs) Iliad. I'm going to say, I'm going to, I want this to not be real. So I'm going to say not real. I need it to be not real. I'll say it's real. I, I need it to not be real because I don't want the term Maddie's to actually be yeah. a thing. Okay, I've never heard that in my life and I'm a better person for it. What is it? It is not real. I came okay. up with that by myself. Yes. That's pretty diabolical and I'm not sure whether to be uh, proud or ashamed. Is this how I make other people feel many times? It is. It is simultaneously. But the yeah. term Maddie's is real. That that's is for how real. I, yeah. That term is for real because that's how I came up with this description idea was from the real term Maddie's it's supposed to be like a non-conforming like if your parent is non-binary and it's non-conforming to gender getting away so fast Steve Dace (laughs) you call them a Maddie I'm gonna gonna be over here (laughs) self-cutting okay all right one more go ahead okay this last book is called hi my pronouns are Teacher Elliot encourages their students to always introduce themselves with their name and pronoun. However, a new... It's real. (laughs) (laughs) However, (laughs) However, a new student has joined Teacher Elliot's class and they've never dealt with pronouns before. In this heartwarming story, Teacher Elliot's class comes together to teach Brock what pronouns are and to help them figure out what their pronouns might be. I liked it better when we were stupid and the kids didn't even know what pronouns were at all. <laughs> right? Those were the days. Yes. Let alone an antecedent and they couldn't pronounce the word. Yes. All right, Todd. Real. Todd says it's real. I Aaron? think it's real. Anna? I came up with that. That is you not made it real. Up? I did make that up. 
Yes, but I thought it sounded So there's real. life in the old lady yet? Is that what you're telling us? There's a little hope left? No? No. Finish your point. Go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I, I mean, there's a lot of books kind of surrounding the premise of pronouns, but no, I made the, the story up. So. All right, so each week you are going to come in here and wreck us for a few minutes, basically. That's essentially what you're going to do with stuff that could absolutely be parody, but because our culture is a self-parody, it could also very well be true, right? Yes. I will be in the corner cutting. Yeah. Aaron, Todd You're will be over here. by a thin thread as it is. You just yes. want to ante up? Yes. Todd will be over here doing shots of vinegar, right? Yep. And I don't even, Aaron will be there I'm just looking be, stoic. I'll bring my smoker and then just inhale straight from the smoker. Yes. All right. Thank you, Princess. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. That was very depressing. Thank you. Uh, part two of, of uh, okay, I don't even know what segment we're on right now. Part two of Sodom fake news. Gamora, and, yeah, yes, we are. Uh, we did Sodom, now to Gomorrah. And that is brought to you by our friends over at Home Title Lock. Homeowners, beware. You could already be the victim of home title theft and not even have a clue. Some cyber thief may have already forged his name onto your title to your home. And here's how you find out. My partners at Home Title Lock, they've got a special free offer today. If you go to HomeTitleLock.com, simply enter your address for free. You'll get a no-obligation home title scan that helps you discover if your home's title has already been tampered with. This is normally a $100 value. They'll give it to you today for free if you go to HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code RADIO. Promo code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. All right. Now, I have selected four clips. Do we want to skip the first one? No, let's play it again because it was in your montage. Let's go ahead and reset it, okay? Um, Actually, yes, we do because we're doing it in the overtime. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about, Sorry that. about that. All right, that's all right. So thank you for correcting me. All right, so three clips. Okay. But given what the third one is, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but given what the third one is, I'm confident you guys are going to want to have a detailed conversation about it. Okay. Right. So you're right, Aaron. We'll skip. We'll skip clip number one. Let's go to clip number two. Is this fake news or not? Another Democrat candidate for national office is not well. It's such the most important race for the Senate here for 22. We have to replace Pat Toomey. Senator Toomey was not very nice to me. He, Pat Toomey is a miracle. That's not edited. For those of you that are just going to listen to this later today on the podcast or you're listening live on Blaze Radio and you heard like dead air and awkward silences, none of that's edited. Okay. That clip is unedited. That is John Fetterman, the Democrat nominee for the U.S. Senate, who if the election were held today would win. Okay. None of that's edited. None of the deadness, the stutters, none of it. Fake news or not, Todd? Do you have a particular angle, or is this wide open? Wide open. You may take any angle you would like. I'm going to try on, and a lot of this is me working this out in real time, but I'm going to say that's fake news. That's the real John Fetterman, but he is he is a prop in a play we used to joke about it 
about uh, the 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 writers of the storyline going on, and the, you know that how are they going to over uh, overcome this next the, this next thing? But it it it's really what's going on more and more as I think about I it, we continue to be manipulated to see what the baseline is for us. As Steve has said, the people are the problem. I believe that, as Steve said earlier on the show, that it is Pennsylvania is clearly just a broken arrow, just like the much of the rest of the country is, including places like Texas. But this is it must have been purposeful to put him in this position. I mean, he went through a contested primary and everything. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it, it absolutely is. I mean, he went through a, a vetting process in his own party's primary. And they came back with this. They, they, they want to see that what they want is no standard but their own. And so if the people blanch at this in any way, well, then they know. And if they don't, well, then they know. So that's why I'm going to say that this is fake news. While that is the real him, it's the wrong take to say, ha ha, pathetic, as Steve has told you about laughing about electricity in California. It's all part of the plan. So another disabled person who's probably going to win uh, um, his seat, Senate seat. Yeah, that's that's true news. I mean, this is why it's not shocking, though. It's already happened. His name is uh, Joe Biden. And this is a different in terms of just physically. This is a completely different person from John Fetterman. I, I had not heard of John Fetterman until I heard he was running for mm-hmm. for Senate. Same here. I, I do nothing, but do nothing I did, about him. I did watch. I don't know if you guys have seen this. I did watch an old news report uh, back when he was mayor of whatever town he was uh, mayor of. Um, he was wandering around one day, heard a gunshot. It alarmed him. So he racially profiled a black jogger and pulled a shotgun on him until the police got there. Turned out the black jogger had nothing to do with it. It was like bottle rockets or something. He was just jogging. That's a true story. True story. Hmm. So they did a, a news report on this and a completely different sounding human being. Completely different. Like he's actually so before putting, he took the jab. Yeah. Be, yeah. And that's the that's the cosmic irony. I'm actually even if the, if even if this means Democrats win control of the Senate, this race, it comes down to this race. I'm just. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm 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 gonna gonna enjoy it. They they lost to somebody who probably probably was permanently damaged by a topic that is too hot for most Republicans. Certainly too hot for Matt Oz. There is a rather, level of serendipity. Who would there. rather yeah. talk about how he's down with the gays than touch anything regarding the jab? I didn't even think about that, man. I just that's. That's I'm some just, providence. We're just going to rub your I idol might, right in your face I'm, kind of stuff. I might, uh, I might actually light one up if that happens. That, I will just love that. The Republican Party. And, and I, think the Republic, I think Republicans in the Senate, namely Mitch McConnell, would actually like that too. Because that, that means that uh, you know, don't have to govern or, or lead or, uh, on anything. But That's the best argument to vote for Oz. Yeah. Is to give Republicans what they really don't want. Power. Mm-hmm. Isn't it great voting to save America with people who hate you? It's worked so well the last 30 years, right? It'll work even better the next 30, except it won't. Uh, This country will be toast by then. Next clip. Um, Trump, it turns out, is worse than Nixon.
Meeks. Joining me now is Congressman Gregory Meeks, Democrat of New York and chair of the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, Congressman, uh, thank you for joining us tonight. I, I want to start with the week's developing, uh, uh, the developments surrounding the classified materials removed by FBI agents from Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate last month. The week began with a Florida federal judge appointed by President Trump issuing an order approving an independent special master to review the materials retrieved, effectively halting the investigation while both the Justice Department appeals and the DOJ and Trump camps have made their request for who that special master should be. Then, of course, you have the judge's appointment by Trump two years ago. Critics of this week's ruling scrutinizing that along her relative inexperience and conservative affiliations as playing a role in her decision. Still, for all the drama, it feels like a stalling tactic by the Trump camp. Is an indictment coming regardless of how long this special master review takes, Congressman? Well, I think that uh, as the investigation continues, that clearly uh, that uh, the grand jury should look at this case, an impartial grand jury, and that the facts come, as I think that they will, then there should be an indictment. I also think that uh, no one is above the law. We talk about that all the time. And for the first time, we have a president of the United States, you know, who has done things even worse than Richard Nixon has done, uh, apparently, and has been uh, one that has uh, decided that not to cooperate in the manner that one should. It seems to me now that it's before the judge, and I know that any other citizen, uh, if there was any contact between that judge and that defendant or potential defendant... I love Aaron's self. That I've Aaron's. I've had enough. I can't yeah. listen to this anymore. I'm tapping out. That's going to be this show soon. Really. Just like <laughs> get all the live reads in early. <laughs> Check it out. We're done. About twelve thirty. We've had enough. Can't do this again anymore. All right. Um, look, what's not fake news is that was one hell of a Fetterman impersonation by Al Sharpton, if I do say so myself. I didn't know. Oh my so goodness. Okay. Yeah. You guys, wow. you, you got to look up these videos. On there's a video on YouTube of all of the times. Uh, he's just stroked out on air. It's it's incredible. Yeah, he, he once got a $20,000 donation check from Donald Trump, though. Yeah. So there's that. All right, so fake news or not, what do you think, Todd? Well, it, of course it's fake news. Earlier on this week, we were, uh, a, or last week, actually, a doctor who took down his own tweet, I believe. I don't know. Uh, oh, the what? L.A. Uh, public health director. Yes, they said, who said about COVID, dying with COVID versus from COVID. And the, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a brief departure here, but it just so remember the beginning of COVID, how that instantly, the numbers, the data, our local sports radio show turned itself into cases, numbers, 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 numbers. And so from the beginning, what, what better way all along the way to overinflate them at the front end to make you panic? And then when you want to, you can turn that switch off and on whenever you want to. The glorious vaccine's here. It's working. Anybody wonder how people played with the numbers at that point to give us a certain perception early on? And now we're knowing we know more and more that those vaccines don't work. My point is the same thing is going on there. Spreading these documents out on the floor, the image, it's, it's, it's all parlor tricks it's all an illusion doug henning it, it, these are magicians dark dark 
magicians. What, Dark I, wizards. Yes. And they have you under a trance and it keeps working. So they're going to keep using it to find that baseline of just how bad the next scam is going to uh, be on a, uh, in directed and dismantling reality itself. Aaron? You know, um, it's weird. That's actually pretty tame. That's pretty tame uh, um, criticism coming from MSNBC. Usually it's like he's worse than Satan himself. Yeah, I mean, Nixon worse than Nixon. You're right. I mean, so that's, okay. I'm going to call fake news on this. <laughs> I, I expect a little bit better demagoguery from MSNBC. Worse than Nixon? No. No, 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 no. I mean... Needs to be like worse than the Balrog, at least. Yes. Maybe worse than worse than Hitler. Every High Lord of Hell every, is, is really is the floor here. Yeah, I think you know every fortnight or sh- or so throwing a Hitler uh, or Pol Pot. Alistair like Crowley that. wannabe. So we deserve a a, a better uh, demagoguery around here. I love that take. I absolutely love that take, brother. I love it. This last one is not a take you will love. Just say, as a Southern Baptist that grew up reading the Bible, maybe a backslidden Baptist, but I still know the Bible. Jesus never once talked about abortion. Never once. And it was happening back in ancient times. It was happening during his time. Never once mentioned it for people perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ down to one issue. It's heresy. Go, if you don't believe me, if that makes you angry, why don't you do something you haven't done in a long time? Open the Bible, open the New Testament, read the red letters. You won't see it there. And yet there are people who are using Jesus as a shield to make 10-year-old rape girls go through a living and breathing hell here on earth. They've also conveniently overlooked the parts of the New Testament, where Jesus talks about taking care of the needy, taking care of those who are helpless, who live a hopeless life, because they believe, these state legislators believe, that life begins at fertilization and ends at childbirth. And Caddy, what a powerful message yesterday from a son. Who wants this one I first? But my Aaron, IQ you got just, something teed up? My IQ just we, dropped. I need to I need a moment. True, 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 true news. Wow. Did you see the most important thing? And this is all a matter of perspective, uh on which way you go with this, but watching her, Mika, is the key to all of this. She is so proud at how she has yes. totally cut his balls uh-huh. off. That that's it. What you just saw is uh Will Smith. Uh and his uh, J- 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 Jada? P- Jada Pinkett when oh, the wow, whole what Oscar thing that is. that's what happened wow. and Chris Rock is the church and Will Smith oh, just man. got up and slapped the church oh. and the woman did it all puppet master like oh that is some true news right there did the Catholic just go all whore Babylon on yeah. us right here yeah wow no. that is a take brother you know like that, that Pentecostal right now that's a homily right there that'll preach my friend Aaron, top that. Man, never thought I'd hear, hear the word heresy on MSNBC either. 
But uh, obviously, if you watch this show, you know everything that the Bible you, is heresy on yeah, MSNBC. The, exactly. Yeah, you know everything. It's the the line from uh, episode seven. It's funny. Everything you said is exactly wrong. Or maybe that was episode eight. I can't remember. Um, you know, uh, thou shalt not what? Thou shalt not uh, murder. Okay, uh, that's a. That's a, that's a heresy. Uh, the belief, what is it? I always, is it, uh, what, what is the heresy? Believing the, the God of the Old Testament is different than the God of the New Testament and that it's not It's inspired. either Arius or Marcion Marcionism. Taught, taught it's Marcionism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Marcionism. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's a, that's a total heresy. And if you listen to the show for five minutes, you know that as well. So um, Jesus is God. God inspired the word of God. See how that works? The God, word of God. And so, um, you know, the things that Jesus speaks, he's speaking as God. Uh, and it's the same God of the Old Testament that says, uh, thou shalt not murder. And, you know, there's other examples we could give as well. But, Todd, I like the direction that you took your answer. Because do we all not know? Do we all not know? Someone's, multiple someone's, men, 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 who have just completely surrendered to the great mother this is an emblematic, emblematic, just a great, acute example of what has happened to the state of manhood in America. Because, men, I'm, I'm telling you, if you do not, if you are afraid of confrontation within your own home, you're not going to confront a damn other thing. You're not going to con confront anything else. And when you allow yourself... If you if you just hey uh, you know uh, this this is how this is the way things need to be here. Obviously, you're not a dictator, but on things of obvious import, if you start to go and you start to slide and slip a little bit, because maybe you and your spouse aren't on the same page. If you're not willing to confront that in your own home, you're not going to confront that anywhere, and eventually you're just going to surrender to the uh, that as I just said, the great mother of comfort. And of the, uh, of the matriarchy, if we want to put it that way. And you will allow yourself to be manipulated. And I thought, Todd, that was a, an exquisite take. Thank you. So let me then, I can't possibly top your rhetorical flourishes. So I'll just take this just strictly from a biblical ap academic perspective. Okay. Um, Pharaoh orders the Hebrew midwives to commit a form or an act uh, that we would consider abortion today in order to stop the breeding of the Jewish people. They disobey. Um, it also says in the Old Testament, there are seven, there are, here's the, here's the list of the seven deadly sins with the Lord hates listed among them, hands that shed innocent blood. It says in the Old Testament, you knit me in my mother's womb. You formed me in my inmost being. Okay. Um, and, and, and so with the idea, Jesus is God. So the revelation that is revealed here, if you are a Christian, is not, as Aaron put it out, that's a heresy, a separate God. Or is it a different mode of God? Right? Somebody asked me the other day what I thought of the Shack movie. And I said, I won't see it because I, I, I read the book and it's a heresy. The book uh, promotes a heresy called modalism. The idea that the Trinity exists in modes for a period of time. And that it has not existed as Father, Son, Holy Spirit for all of what we call time and always will. 
because it's the very essence and nature of God himself. All right. So whether it's the Old Testament um, as well as the commandment that Todd referenced, don't murder. There are numerous examples of this. Um, you even go into the New, the New Testament church. We just had a author, David Limbaugh, a buddy of mine, about him and his daughter, their book about the New Testament church. One of the earliest works of what Todd would call tradition or church history, one of the earliest works that was found, because the one thing that uh, Scarborough says there is that this was going on during these times. He is right about that, okay? And so one of the earliest works of Christian tradition uh, was an apost- was, a, was a creed. You hear Paul say in the New Testament, he repeats creeds, sayings that they could remember because they didn't have a codified Bible yet. They were writing it in real time, or at least a New Testament. They had, they had the Torah, they had the Psalms, all right? And so it was called the Didache. And this is a first century a work that specifically forbids, it's basically a moral ethic for how Christians are to live, and it specifically addresses the issue of abortion. One of the earliest outreaches that the church performed in its history was the creation of orphanages. It was very common if prostitutes got pregnant, if you could not find a primitive, savage form of abortion, you just have the baby and literally, literally just leave it in a ditch. Just like leave it literally, just left it in a ditch or left it in a field, left it to die, moved on with your life. That's one of the reasons why all your hospitals and all your major cities in the West are called um, St. Cecilia's Mercy, Lutheran, Methodist, because the church formed these things in response to that savagery that Scarborough is promoting. I'm old enough to remember when Joe pretended to be a contract with America conservative showing up at Billy Graham events in the 90s. I'm old enough to remember that. All right. Nothing he says there is true. It's all easily disproven. But in an era where the church does not catechize its people, I know a lot of you hear that and you're put on the defensive and you're flummoxed by it. That's not your fault. You were supposed to have been taught better. Here's what it becomes your fault. Scarborough has now done you a favor. He has put a demonic lie right in your face that he said in front of a dwindling audience on MSNBC, but a national one nevertheless. So if your churches aren't going to properly catechize you, then you need to take the transforming and renewing of your mind seriously on your own so you don't fall for and you can dispel such canards. The best-selling Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier is here and available for you if you want to put it to the test. We did in my house between my poker buddies and a sweaty football season teenage son. And it more than stood up to the test. I've gotten numerous notes from folks. I think I just shared with uh, with you guys the other day, the latest one. We've shampooed these carpets a million times from when we first got our puppy and he was being potty trained. We've never been able to fully get the urine smell out of this room and... Now it's gone, and it's because they went ahead and put the Eden Pure air purifier to the test with its oxy technology that destroys viruses, mold, odors, and so much more. If you want to try it today, they come in packs of three, and they'll give it to you for half off, uh, $200 off, so you get three units for under $200 
when you go to EdenPureDeals.com, Eden just like it sounds, for EdenPureDeals.com or use the discount code Steve3 and use the discount code Steve3 when you're there, you'll get free shipping as well if you do that. Free shipping as well with the discount code Steve3, $200 off, so all three units for under 200 bucks at EdenPureDeals.com, promo code Steve3. Okay. Um, why does everything suck? It was five years ago that we had The Last Jedi, right? And we debated that movie on this show for months, correct? Correct. And I actually think it is a tremendous movie in terms of the quality with the exception of the throwaway scene at the casino world, the rest of it is, I think, it is, is a tremendous movie. It's very well done. I just thought I agreed with you in terms of you guys' complaints in terms of it as a bad sequel. It, 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 it took the narratives that were all established and crushed them. But we didn't, you guys didn't necessarily disagree with me that it was poorly made. You just thought the way, the movie they made, the story they made, you found the and last twenty five percent of the of the story, yes, yes, okay. I I think the script was very poorly made. I think okay. visually, it's right. highly enticing and looks like a. I mean, it that but that's how it gets you. It is it to the eye. It's a symphony. It is. I mean, the throne room cinematography yeah, yeah. with the yeah. splashes of colors is incredible. Let me let me let me then take a more obvious example. For Pop Culture Tuesday this week, I'm going to answer the question for you why everything just sucks right now. Like, you're not even tempted to, to, to you're not even tempted to watch or read it. Why? Because it's terrible. Let me give you a very craven PG-13 or R analogy. So I've warned you if you've got little kids in the room. Three, two, one. Okay. Think of the first time you were exposed to porn. First time you found the old man's stash. First time when your buddies came to you and said, hey, you need to watch this, okay? Imagine the first time you found the old man's stash in the garage or the closet or between the, the mattress and the box spring and you yanked that thing out and you opened it. And it's, uh, it's Grandma Ethel in all her geriatric glory. How tempted would you have been to continue seeking out such content? Not. Not. Not titillated at all? No. Not aroused? Not allured? No? I'm guessing no. No. Guessing no. But the first time that you found the old man's stash, it wasn't Grandma Ethel on the cover of Geriatric Glory that you got, was it? No. No, it was a beautiful young woman in the prime of her beauty, right? And that's what you found. The content itself, while dangerous... But it was tempting. It was alluring, right? Right. It would draw you in. Yes. If the content itself was poor, it would not have done that, right? Right. And it had been very easy for you to walk away from. Yes. Okay. When, when we complain about woke pop culture, we are making a statement about the ideology more so than the craftsmanship. That the ideology in and of itself is so poor, is so ham-fisted, so over the top, so forced, so contrived, 
that it's clearly meant to bait people like us. And so why in the hell would I, would I play into that? Right. right? Okay. I don't believe that is actually what is happening right now. Like a buddy of mine said, texted me last week, new Lord of the Rings series is out on Amazon. I texted back, negative integers interest, I don't care. I, other than the Bible, what gets quoted around here more than Lord of the Rings does on this show? Right. Nothing does, right? I, I just, I don't care. I, I, I'm, I can just tell already it won't be good. She-Hulk has even decided to bring back Daredevil. I don't care. Now, if it was just going to woke me, but it was going to bring back Daredevil, I might still be like, you know, I really like that Netflix Daredevil series. I'll just watch the episode that he's in or at least fast forward through. You know, you know what I'm saying? But, this, but it's so obviously bad. I don't care what its ideology is. It's like Family Camp, the Christian movie I saw earlier this year about the Christian Family Camp, that I am convinced was made on purpose to make Christian filmmaking look even worse than people already think it is. That's how bad it is. It's just not good. This is on purpose. We have, when, when, when your culture is devolving, it goes through stages. Like, for example, we've talked about before that we're in the arrest this man phase right now of the cold civil war, right? And what comes after arrest this man? The round them up phase, right? Okay. And you probably don't want us, I don't think the management here at the blaze wants us to say out loud what comes after the round them up phase, but you've all read a history book. I sure. think we all know. All right. So, um, that's what's happening in your pop culture. The level, again, you have to remember, the spirit of the age hates you. The spirit of the age hates them too. I mean, how's Nefarious begin his book? This book is dedicated to all the useful idiots out there, especially those of you who had no idea that you were being used this entire time, for you proved to be the most useful idiots of them all. Spirit of the Age isn't a fan of Ocasio-Cortez. It hates her every bit as much as it hates Billy Graham. How will it repay her when she arrives? Should she remain unrepentant of her sinful state? When she arrives on Hell's doorstep, will they give her a cookie bouquet? Oh, no. No, they will do to her and treat her like they would anyone else hell actually respects billy graham more than it does Ocasio probably in a, in a strange yes. dumb well twisted way yeah. i agree yeah there's hatred here and so we've moved from the alluring stage we've moved from that let's embed messages into things you find compelling to draw you in we are now at the geriatric glory stage because we 
It always wanted to get here. It always wanted to go here. It always wanted to end with showing us how much it hates us. We're using the term communist a lot. And of course, that derives from Karl Marx and Marxism. I'll refer, I'll use Marxism here, but understand that Marxism is a demonic ideology. But we'll go with Marxism. Marxism, which is straight up demonic, it will seek to politicize everything in a culture. Why? Because nothing pollutes things more than politics does. Nothing does. Nothing more quickly divides, pollutes, creates division, enmity, disdain. Nothing does it quicker and more fully than politics does. Marxism is a destabilizing agent. It seeks to destabilize the, the current ethos and pathos of a culture with the intent of replacing it with another. It, one of the ways it did this in our culture was with postmodern thought. But it never intended postmodern thought once it, correct, once it successfully deconstructed Christianity and the culture. It never intended for postmodern thought to now be the new standard. You, you can't have a standard of nothing. Otherwise, we go around and saying, hey, I identify as Warren Buffett. Uh, I identify as a Biden supporter, so hopefully if the FBI won't come after me. Um, uh, you know, um, I, 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 I identify as fully vaccinated, so get rid of your vaccine passwords, right? It, it, won't, it, it, doesn't, it won't let you turn its own calculus against it because there is no calculus. It's just chaos. It's not calculus. It's chaos. And the point of the chaos is to dismantle your culture's current cornerstones. Not for the purposes of the chaos then remaining permanent, but for the introduction of a new cornerstone. And they looked from man to pig and pig to man and back to pig again, and they couldn't tell the difference. This politicization of everything, the polluting of everything, it metastasizes what it calls agate prop. What is agate prop within Marxism? It is extreme propaganda. Extreme historical revisionism. Extreme linguistic revisionism. Definition revisionism. Ye be like God kind of stuff. That's what agate prop is. And it will, it, it will inject this poison into every sphere in a culture, particularly its pop culture. This is why right now your superheroes, fantasy fables, tales of innocence, which in our culture are our contemporary inspiring myths. Okay. Aaron referenced the Iliad earlier. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't make long form poems of heroism. We drew comic books, but it's the same mythos behind them and the same impulse behind the both of them. These things are now ground zero in the culture war. Why? Because anything, and I mean anything, whether it is sacred or secular, anything that inspires us to rise above our base natures is hated by hell and must be desecrated. Must be. 
And that's why you now have drag queens on Dancing with the Stars for the first time ever. And they waited, by the way, hell, waited until they put it on Disney+. Plus. So Dancing with the Stars is going to be exclusively on Disney Plus this year. It waited to, it made sure to put the drag queens when they was going to be on Disney Plus just to rub your nose in it more. That's why we have to have homosexuality on High School Musical now. The MCU is increasingly just unwatchable. Galadriel is now alone and strong and wise while all the men of Middle Earth are now weak. This is why. This is not just woke and go broke. They're breaking it. They're trying to break it. Trying to break everything. To promote hopelessness. You're cornered. You can turn nowhere. You cannot be inspired. There's nothing to do other than to, than to bow the knee and become one with the Borg. Don't look up. Don't look around. Just look down and kneel before Zod. That is the point. And again, when we reduce this to just nothing more than mere wokeism, we are truly not recognizing the enemy here. And I promise you, an enemy you do not recognize is one you will not defeat. Get some final thoughts from you guys here on that in a moment. Wait, I think I'm done. Did I do them all? I believe so. Let me double check on that. Yeah, I think quick. we're all done. Okay. Then we'll get some final thoughts from you guys right now. Well, the lie is the point. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you hear from artists that, you know, that beauty, uh, f- things like that uh, are their goal, or even t- to entertain, things like that, that none of that is true. How long ago, if you'll recall, it, it, and this has been in motion for a long time, it's been probably 20 years. Do you remember Piss Christ, Steve? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Forgotten cru- about the, that, but yeah. the cru- the crucifix in the urine yeah. that the National Endowment for the Arts yes. funded that. Yes. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Same thing. To so debase this thing that everybody knows that there's no good or true or beautiful left in these things left, and you worship it anyways. Uh, and the lie is the point. The arts are supposed to be... The thing, remember John Adams, I study war so my sons can study politics so my grandchildren uh, can study uh, the arts. You know, all of that being blown up, giving it no base whatsoever so that out of the chaos, just about any new reality can ultimately be the thing that we will bow to. I brought this example up on numerous occasions, but I think it fits in with this conversation. You look at the architecture of communist regimes. Oh, great. Yes, this is good. You look at the... The communist will tell you that the brutalist architecture is just the best, most efficient way to build buildings. It is most efficient for the workers. It's most efficient for the government. It will save us this, this, and this. That's not actually true. The The demonic reason for it which is what's behind everything the communist does and still does, is that when you wake up in the morning in the city that's covered with smog, if you are able to see through the smog, you see nothing but barren hopelessness, concrete slabs. 
Whereas in Christian-dominated cultures throughout the years, and I mean true Christian-dominated cultures, orthodox Christian-dominated cultures, architecture is meant to invoke awe, meant to literally point you towards your creator. That fits in with this as well. It's the cloward pivoting of everything. You break it, you make it, and you bust it into a thousand pieces so that we get to control what comes after it. Mm-hmm. Whether that's healthcare, which is where this playbook was run the first time, or whether it's with the MCU all the way down to there. That's what this is. The cloward pivoting of everything. That is very well put. Very well said. That's going to do it for us today on the program. We are back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.